Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Brad Garropy. And I'm Richard Gatlieber. This week, we're talking about imposter syndrome, what it is, why it happens, and how to handle it. So I don't know about you, Brad, but there's definitely times where I feel like I don't know anything about web development or computers in general. Uh, it happened to me this morning and all of yesterday. Like just any time you run into problems, that imposter syndrome just kind of creeps in. Yeah, I, I know when it comes to comparing yourself to others, like first of all, that's a very easy slippery slope to go down where you start to feel like you're not as good as other people. And I know culturally right now, there seems to be a big problem with that when it comes to how people present themselves online, right? Because you always see the best of everybody's life. Um, you know, like obviously everybody posts the amazing things that happen to them on Instagram, for example. And when you compare that to your day-to-day life, it looks kind of mundane. And I think that that same comparison happens a lot in our field where you, you don't see the struggles that go on with your coworkers and your peers. You only know like your own struggles and how you sat here and stared at this one problem on your screen for like a day. And you have no idea why it's not working. But Brad over there, he just knocks out code all day long and never has a problem. Man, I must not be nearly as good as Brad. Yeah, I, it's, it definitely starts when you compare yourself to others. And, and when, when you only see pull requests from other coworkers and not their process of getting there, it's tough. Uh, but let's try to talk about like what it is first. If if you're maybe new to the field, you might not know what imposter syndrome is. Or actually, I don't know, you might be ripe with imposter syndrome because, uh, you know, being an early dev, there's a lot to learn. But I think for me, imposter syndrome kind of is the feeling that I'm not good enough at what I do or like I'm not qualified to do what I do or even... The feeling that I'm not as good as other coworkers, just like this general feeling of inadequacy. Yeah. And not belonging, right? Like maybe you are in a position and, or applying for a position and you have that feeling of like, man, why should I even bother to apply for this job? Cause like, I'm obviously not qualified and there's no way I could get it. It's that feeling like, as the name says, a feeling like an imposter, right? Like you don't belong. Yeah, or I also think it's it's like when you're banging your head against a problem and you just think, I will never get past this. I'll never learn this, where you get down on yourself too. Right, it, yeah. It's definitely, it stems from either like self-doubt or like from comparison to others or like when you get stuck. I think those are probably the two biggest areas that end up causing it, right? I think we've kind of covered like what it is um, and I know you mentioned as you start out in a career, specifically, we're talking about like, you know, something in the development space, how it can definitely be easy to have that there. But I think one thing to, to make sure that people realize is like, you know, I don't think anybody's immune to feeling this way in their field. And that's, I think it kind of starts with like realizing that like, one, probably everybody has had this feeling at some point during their career, right? Like they either don't belong here because they don't know enough, they're not smart enough, whatever, or, 
you know, like they'll never figure something out, right? Like running into one of those brick walls and you just need to like, you just feel like you just keep running into this brick wall and you will never get around it. And so like, I think that's like where it starts, right? Is to, to realize that one, it's normal. A lot of people feel this way. Not to say it's good, not to say it's right, but it happens to everybody. Yeah, and just being able to talk about when you're feeling this way with other developers will help you get over it. Like it's, it's like everybody admitting that they have a problem and you go, okay, we're all in this together. We all feel this way some days. Yeah, I agree. How, how do you think it like starts? Like where do you think imposter syndrome comes from? Like what causes it? Development in general is a very mentally taxing career. There's so much attention to detail. There's so many new things to learn. And when you're so heads down in this, it, it feels very academic almost. It's like getting bad grades in school or something and being really concerned about it. Uh, I, I just think it stems from there, like getting, getting a bad mark or having a test fail or not being able to fix a bug or shipping a bug. Like anything you do is reflective of your work and your knowledge. And I think that's what really gets in your head to say like, it's, it's only coming from me. This problem isn't exterior, it's only interior to me and my work and my understanding. And that's why it, it's so much of a self-reflection of how you feel about yourself. I agree. As you mentioned, coming from all the way back in grade school, right, and the drive to do well and the pressure, I think that that can be where it starts. And I do think that I, don't know. I, I can only speak to my personal experience in our field, right? I definitely know that it's a very competitive field and there is a lot of pressure to always do things just right. And people are very opinionated about how things are done. And I think that that also leads to it in this, in this field, right? Where there's tons of different ways to get the job done when it comes to how you code something, you know, how you create whatever application. There's like basically infinite possibilities for how to get there. People have an opinion of what they think is the best way to do it. And I know the community at large is very friendly about helping and stuff like that, but it's also very opinionated and very quick to share its opinions. So when you start to see that and you start to think, oh, well, is what I'm doing the best way? Is it the most efficient way? All these things that are kind of like built into, it's necessary to think about performance and think about, you know, is this the, the optimal way to do something? But it doesn't mean that like, if you do something slightly non-optimal, it's worthless, right? And I think that part of it is, is that this field doesn't do a good job of that gray area and saying, this is great. It could be a little better. You know, when, when that kind of feedback comes, it's normally... And it may be not always given as, you know, this is garbage or you did this absolutely wrong. But I think a lot of times it's received that way. I think that is what causes people to feel that, you know, like they just, they can't do it because they made this one mistake. And there's a lot of like perfectionism, I think, that is very closely related to imposter syndrome. It's wanting to be like always being optimal and always being very sensitive to any sort of criticism, even if it's constructive. Programmers definitely tend to be protective of their work. And we have to realize like 
code is never done. Code is never complete. Code is never perfect. There's always ways it can be improved. And going off of what you were saying about the community, in addition to, to sharing their opinions on the right and wrong way to do things, the community is also very vocal about um, new hot tech or frameworks and things like that. And, and as that that wave of momentum almost from the community comes from those things, it makes it feel like you're behind. And a lot of this originates from social media, but you're just going to see a ton of posts about the latest release of X, Y, or Z. And you're like, man, I haven't used that for a couple of years. I got to get back on that. I got to, got to jump in and see, because otherwise I'm behind. My skills aren't relevant. Like you have to know that if you are strong in your, I hate this notion, but if you're strong in the fundamentals, like if you're just good at JavaScript or good at Python or Go, like if you're good at your respective language, any tool or library that comes out for that language uh, is just kind of like nice stuff on top of it. You're going to be able to succeed no matter what, no matter what the community says. So that pressure of you falling behind, try to alleviate that by, by saying my fundamentals are strong and that's all I need. Yeah, I agree. When you personally have experienced imposter syndrome, I'm curious what it's looked like in you. Cause I know there's different ways that it kind of presents itself. Um, I know I've had coworkers who we talked through, like, you know, they always feel the need to kind of be the, like, mm, I don't know if the right term here is like the subject matter experts, probably the nicest way to put it, you know, but they always need to be the, the loudest voice in the room to show that they know everything about a given topic and that's kind of how they cope with not always knowing anything, right? Is they present, they put on that face of, you know, I know everything. I also have had coworkers who would spend an enormous amount of time working, like the workaholic, right? And so they end up coping for any sort of feeling of inadequacy by just cranking out so much more code than anybody else because like that becomes their life. And that's something too that like I think is also normalized a lot. And I know that's probably something for a, a different topic of discussion is like work-life balance. But the idea, you know, that you need to spend all of your time so that you can appear to be the most productive when you may not be. And that's how you kind of compensate for that. I don't know, personally for you, like, what does it look like? What does imposter syndrome look like? I definitely fall into that camp that spends time outside of work coding and doing side projects, but it's not for work stuff. It's for personal stuff that I view as like fun and enjoyable. There's just something about the problem solving aspect of it all that I love and can't get away from. I think that's different though than what I'm talking about, right? I'm not mm -hmm. talking about like the the expanding your learning and stuff like that. I'm talking about the people who, you know, they will take their tasks from work and like that becomes like all day long. I know within the past year, like it's been really easy for a lot of people to do this too, because work from home means work from work and you're always at work. But I, I do want to differentiate. Like there is something different between spending all your time working in the realm of development versus what I'm talking about is having your work output be artificially increased, if you will, because you spend more than a work day working on it every single day. 
you know, it's that, it's that not the nine to five anymore. It's the five to nine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I definitely leave work at work when four or five o'clock rolls around. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with my work tasks and then I can move on to, you know, family time or side projects type stuff. Um, for me, imposter syndrome is normally brought on when I can't figure out an issue or when I feel like like a web design I'm trying to work on is just not good enough. And so what I try to do and the way that comes in is it makes me feel like I'm not smart enough if I can't find the bug, like I don't know what I'm doing. Or when it comes to web design, it makes me feel like, oh, I just suck at this. And so what I try to do is like take breaks from it. If I've been struggling with one thing for a day or two, I'm going to go play video games the next night instead of continuing to bash my head against that wall because the more time I put into it, I almost become less productive and less likely to solve that problem and more likely to feel bad about it because I've invested more and more and more time with less uh, productive output. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the power of a good walk is underestimated when it comes to this type of thing. Many a brick wall can be circumvented by a short walk. I don't know, I feel like this is some sort of, you know, amazing saying. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I, for me personally, when, when I experience it, it, it's often brought on by the same thing, right? You can't figure something out or somebody brings something up and you're like, well, I had no idea that worked that way, right? And you just feel like the, it's that lack of knowledge about something. Um, and for, for me personally, it's not so, it's more of the, I don't know, it's like pure imposter is, is the type of version of it. But it's like, a, man, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. Like, how did I even manage to get into this role I'm in now, right? Like, it's that kind of feeling. And I think too, like, it's definitely brought on like super strong when you get put out of your comfort zone. Thinking about like when I was interviewing, for example, a lot of tech interviews are, you know, algorithms, data structures, stuff that's is useful to know, but you don't use on a daily basis. And so it's definitely outside of your like realm of normal expertise. And once you start looking at that, you know, you, you definitely, there's some of it is just like knowing the trick to whatever the problem is. And if you don't know that trick, you feel like a fool, especially when you're sitting in front of somebody, you know, and they're asking you like, you know, given this linked list, how do you do this to it? And you're like, I've, I just have no idea right now. Like, Give me five minutes with my buddy Google over here and we'll get this sorted out. But like by myself, I have no idea, you know, and they obviously know exactly what they need to do. And they're just sitting back, like waiting for you to tell them the right answer. And you feel like that's when it starts to creep in. The self-doubt, I guess, is what it feels like for me. Like the, man, what am I even doing? I don't belong here. Like what is going on? The little voice in my head starts, you know, talking in a way about like how <laughs> I'm just a fool and I should just go, you know, do something completely different. Job interviews are like, prime candidates to bring out imposter syndrome because first of all, I, I think job interviews in the web development world are broken and that's a whole nother episode. But a job interview, typically they're asking you questions that are requirements to get the job. So these algorithms questions, they're asking you in your head, you're going, I have to be able to ace this in order to be a web developer, which is completely wrong. But they are asking you tough questions to, to see how you think and act and 
talk out loud in your thought process. And I, I think and I hope that the interviewer is looking for those kind of uh, more social cues, more mental cues rather than your code output, because that should be what's required to be a good colleague and coworker and developer, not the solution to this algorithm. So these, these job interviews are just not the right way to gauge what kind of developer you are. And then it will make you feel like if you didn't do well, I am now an imposter. I'm not good enough to do the job that I'm interviewing for. But at the same time, like you should always reach beyond your capabilities when you're looking for that next job, because let's put it this way. If you can already do that job description, like in your sleep and you're super good at it, that's not going to push your career. That's not going to help you get better. That's not going to help you learn. You should be like going like 110%, like reaching slightly out of your bounds when you're going to the next job, which will bring on that imposter syndrome a bit. Like you're, you're looking for a career advancement that will push you not that you're like overly qualified for. Right. Given the idea of pushing yourself, right? That means you're always going to be outside of your comfort zone. Not to sound like cliche with like, you know, my comfort zone is outside my comfort zone, but always pushing yourself. I do think like kind of transitioning into, so we've talked about what causes imposter syndrome, what it is. How do you, how do you get over it? Um, and I do think that living in an uncomfortable space helps you get over it because if you are constantly encountering things you don't know and constantly growing and learning you're going to get used to the fact that like there's a like there's no way you're going to know everything about development just like full stop there will be people who know stuff you don't know i don't care who you are people will know stuff you don't know they will see answers to problems faster than you sometimes doesn't matter who you are Putting yourself into a space where you are constantly learning from others makes that more normal. I think it's, I think that getting over imposter syndrome for me at least is not about making it go away and it's not about getting over it. It's about normalizing it and just realizing that like there's always an opportunity to grow and to learn. And so that shouldn't be a bad thing. And even going back to like the job interview, right? Like one of the most uncomfortable situations, because one, you're talking to a stranger, like you don't know this person, they're judging you and you're nervous. But if you kind of each opportunity you have, there's an opportunity to grow and learn, right? Because you can always go back and look at it and say like, what went well, what didn't go well? How do I grow from this? So I think that that for me at least is like the best way to get over it. I don't know what you do as far as dealing with it. Yeah, I, I view it analogous to working out. Like every single workout is going to be hard and you're outside your comfort zone. Like it never really gets easier, but it's it's in an effort to overall better yourself. And like, for instance, at work, I recently kind of jumped into TypeScript. Like we all just decided this is going to be the best way to do our projects from here on out. So everything is TypeScript. And I am new to TypeScript but a more like junior engineer on my team has been doing TypeScript for a long time. Like he, he, he's always been using it. And so talk about imposter syndrome. Like I, I have to go to this you know, quote unquote junior to teach me about TypeScript, but it's been such a good, you know, relationship and team building exercise because one person doesn't know it all. And that's cool. 
you can learn different things from different people and everybody got better because of it. I definitely think that goes to kind of show too that it's not about being the most knowledgeable about everything, right? One of the most powerful things, especially in this community, is just that, the community. And while it's kind of weird to refer to work as community, it is, right? Like you don't work in a complete silo. You are standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the rest of your teammates. And it's that group that creates the power of whatever company you're working at, like being able to produce these things. And even people who do work by themselves, you know, like you're not working alone in the fact that like you're using tools that other people built and all these other things that, you know, it's, it's kind of a cumulative effort. I think that's also part important to remember as you think about this and you have those feelings of doubt and like when the, when the little imposter voice pops up in your head, just keep that in mind, right? Like you, like you stand, like you're standing on the shoulder of giants. Like we're, we're doing things that are ridiculous considering they're using computers that a hundred years ago would have been witchcraft. Like, you know, like I want to see, I want to see a JavaScript project with no package.json, like no dependencies, you know, like, and then tell me, tell me how much of an imposter you feel like at that point. Yeah. You'd never I, get anything done. Yeah. If you ever want to feel the imposter syndrome creep in, just turn off your internet and try coding for like a day. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Also turn off all like your linters and helpers like that. It'll be great. Yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. Like code without prettier code without ESLint. Like these are things that are built into my workflow and built into my brain. And I think if that's what makes you productive, use it by all means it doesn't make you an imposter to not know how to format your code or to not you know to pull in a library for something it makes you a productive developer and at the end of the day at work or even side projects you want to deliver stuff use the tools at your disposal to do so i agree i agree so we kind of talked about personally how we deal with it do you want to maybe talk about some other ideas for how to deal with this like how to kind of quiet down that voice saying you're an imposter? I think a great way to do this is to just keep kind of a bullet journal of the things that you've done. Like I have this section on my website called uh, now, and it's like a snapshot of what I'm doing now. And I try to do it every quarter ish. And it's really cool because you can look back and see what was I working on like just three months ago. And whoa, it's so different. Like I completed all those projects or I came farther from there and it makes you feel like I, I accomplished something. Just having a log of wins essentially will make you feel good about what you can do and worry less about, you know, what's bugging you. Right. I think too, that log, it enables you to kind of reflect on how far you've come. I often think of coding as an art form, which may seem weird because the, you know, the style of work that we do compared to the creativity of art, I think are kind of different, but they're also very similar. When I think about art, you know, and you think about artists, one thing that I love to see is artists sharing like when they were in high school or in college, their artwork, and then now they're a professional artist. And the difference between those two things is always like, normally, you know, the first version is like, well, if I made that, I'd be proud of it. But for a professional artist, it's laughable. You know, like, I can't even do this thing, but compared to what they're doing now, it looks terrible. 
but seeing that journey, right? And so keeping a log of what you've done. Also like keeping some old code, like occasionally just put aside some code that you're proud of currently. And then look at that, like as time goes on. I think that can be very helpful to, to see that you are making progress so that like things are getting better. You're doing more. I also think like talking about it and kind of normalizing the fact that like, yes, this happens to everybody is important. Like, I think that's part of why we wanted to make this episode is to help foster that conversation and to normalize it. Because that, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to deal with it. Because you'll soon find out that like everybody experiences this. And if they don't, I don't know that I'd believe them if they said they've never felt like an imposter before. But Maybe they haven't, like kudos to them. I'm not going to say anybody's a liar straight off the bat, but I would be suspicious. Yeah, and this is everybody, no matter what level you're at. Like you probably feel it when you're interviewing for a job. You probably feel it when you first walk into the door. You feel it as you get promoted or even as you get more senior. Like you and I have over 10 years in the industry each and we still feel it. And I mean like, Maybe one, maybe once a week, you know, on a typical week, like I'll run into it at least once, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes too to like the kind of the last point about getting over it that we were going to talk about is just to realize that there's just, there's too much out there to know everything. You're not going to learn it all. So by the time you learn everything that's out there now, there's going to be new stuff. So good luck. You know, <laughs> there's, there's no way. And so just kind of realizing that and realizing that as long as you are willing to learn you will make progress and that's all everybody is doing and you can't stop learning like you have to know that educating yourself and learning is part of the job as a software developer you you do have to continue to pick up new tools technologies languages but at a pace you're comfortable with right kind of along the same lines of keeping track of everything. What are some things in the recent week or two, some fails that you've had? What's some things that's made you feel like an imposter, Brad? Let's get it out there on the table. Yeah, so recently I was writing some jest tests for the open source libraries that I'm working on at Adobe. And I was trying to mock out some objects on window that I needed, and they were being pulled in with script tags. and as you know, just Dom doesn't really work with that very well. And to, to this day, or like, I still haven't figured it out. Like the tests are still broken because I can't figure out how to mock this window object. And that's always been tough, right? You're like writing tests for a browser environment, yet you want them to run in node. So you use this fake browser with JS Dom and it's difficult. Everybody will hopefully agree. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I think that you're obviously an imposter, but more so as something else because you're writing tests and who does that? <laughs> yeah, luckily that's something we've started to bake into uh, our workflow at work, like religiously. And same with my personal projects. I've actually enjoyed writing tests nowadays because I use this tool called CodeCov and I used the, the coverage flag with Jess that like produces this really satisfying circular graph that's like all green and it feels so good like green tests make you feel so good that'll take away any imposter syndrome yeah no testing is we'll have to talk about that some other time but that's something that i've always been a, a champion for and 
it's been, uh, it's always good when you have it, but people underestimate the benefit often I find personally, like I've had two things this week that were just kind of ridiculous. So the first one was you mentioned TypeScript in my day job. I don't do web dev. I do backend development and it's in Haskell. If you know anything about Haskell, it's ridiculously strongly typed. Well, learning some TypeScript, I was trying to get along there and could not figure out how to deal with numeric values, numbers. Yeah, they're integers, right? So, you know, I tried to type them as an int and it was complaining. And I tried to type them as an int 32 and it was complaining. And why <laughs> would these numbers not be ints? That's right. They're numbers. <laughs> this is one of those things where like, you know, I felt like a complete moron because of this little tiny thing. It could even be so simple too sometimes. Like things that make you doubt yourself can be ridiculous. Like does the word false start with a capital F or a lowercase f? Oh, yeah. Depends, right? Like so, you know, you write some code out and it's not working. You're like, what do you mean it's not working? Like it says right there false. So that kind of thing. And then the other thing was literally as we started this podcast, you and I were talking about some CSS issues I was having with CSS grid and stuff like that, man. CSS is both ridiculously simple and ridiculously infuriating. <laughs> it, it's hard. CSS is totally hard. I mean, I think the box model is the thing that makes it elegant and simple but at the same time, very complex to understand what, what flows and what's constrained. Right. Yeah. So I will definitely be digging into CSS more as far as flex and grid to understand them fully. But I think too, this goes back to the, how do we make it go away? Right. I obviously know that I need to grow in the CSS space, especially around grid and flex now after having messed with them for a little bit more just recently. And how am I going to fix that? Well, I'm going to learn. And will I know everything about it when I'm done? No. Will I be moderately competent? Hopefully so. <laughs> I think too that humility goes a long way when it comes to imposter syndrome. And that's right. That's the name of the game. We're all just here trying to get better. That's why y'all are out there listening to this podcast. And that's why we do it to help y'all. So thanks for tuning in to Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in your podcast player. You can check us out on Twitter. Our handles are in the show notes. And don't forget to join that Discord, WebDev Weekly. The invite link will be in the show notes. See y'all next week.